RP3 is ready to step his game up and grab the mic for the latest edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Here on the Rap Game Podcast, we don't always talk about sports or the world of sports. Sometimes we, you know, venture off into other avenues like entertainment, uh, hip-hop music, movies. Well, that's what we're kind of going to do right here on this episode of the Rap Game Podcast because we're going to talk about the latest Netflix original movie, Project Power, stars Jamie Foxx, stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It takes place in New Orleans. Not only does it take place in New Orleans, it was actually filmed exclusively down in New Orleans. And to help break it all down, to share his thoughts as a guy who reps New Orleans, loves the city, is the one and only, the co-host of Sports Overtime out of New Orleans, our good friend, the one and only Nader Murphy. Nader, good morning to you, brother. Oh, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, Ray. I'm doing great. Can't complain. Definitely can't complain. All right, man. I know you watched Project Power over the weekend. You actually sent it out on social media encouraging everyone to watch it because it was filmed in New Orleans. So you watched it. So did I. Give me just your initial thoughts on the Netflix original movie starring Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Did you love it? Did you like it? Is it a guilty pleasure? How you feeling about it a few days afterwards, my man? I'm I'm kind of biased, Ray. Right? Uh, again, it was shot in New Orleans, so I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of biased. But I definitely liked it. I liked it. I, I think that you know, just having the different scenes in New Orleans, and you're watching them, you're watching it on TV, and it's like, oh, I know where that's at. Oh, I know where that's at. Um, you know, and then seeing one of the actors with the Steve Gleason jersey that that kind of made me uh, happy. Obviously, as you know, I'm a big Saints fan, so just seeing him wearing the Saints jersey, seeing you know Jamie Foxx in New Orleans, and just you know seeing Jazzland again. They they shot a couple scenes at Jazzland, and it, it looked you know it looked like it was working for you know for <laughs> like ten minutes. So. <laughs> so but uh, it was cool, man, because, like, they had one scene, Ray, where um, Jamie Foxx was in Algiers, actually, at this, um, like, apartment complex thing, and it was all graffiti on the apartment complex. And, actually, one of my friends is the guy who spray-painted that whole apartment complex from top to bottom. Um, his name is Brandon uh, Brandon Odoms, and um, he sprayed the whole thing. So it was and that's cool right. to see and that. Are, and, that's, and that's an actual, legit place in Algiers that's been abandoned, but they've kind of turned it into graffiti art, and it's well-known in New Orleans now as being this great place where guys can go and just work on their craft. It's it's become a a piece of actual art now, the entire complex. Yeah, man, and and that's that's all due to Brandon Odoms, man, with with Two Cent Entertainment. So a big shout-out to him for them putting him in there and and his work in there. Um, Also, too, again, you know, they had Wild Wayne, who is a known – personality here in new orleans who was on q93 um they had him towards the end of the the movie with you know him talking about the saints and you know the saints winning the game and how this how the game went that day and also too which was pretty cool is they shot some of it during i think it was like after a saints game so they're on canal street and they shot some of the scenes like he was going into this um this money money the payday place. loan place 
Yeah, the payday loan pl- pl- place, and uh, all you he's walking in, and all you hear is fans saying, who that, who that, who that said they're going to beat them Saints? I'm like, man, this is a typical Sunday night after a Saints game oh, man. Uh, moment. Yeah, man, so it was pretty cool. I liked it. I liked the movie. I liked it. It, it was kind of weird. It was, it was weird based on the whole, you know, them having the pill, them taking the pill. They have strength for five minutes. They'll put the timer on their watches. So that way they know how long they have that power till. So it, it was it was weird, but man, I, I really liked it. I, I liked it. it. And again, it was shot in New Orleans, so I'm kind of biased. But um, just to see the guy wearing a Gleason jersey and a fan. <laughs> let's start that, there. Let, cool. let, let, all right, let's start there. Let's start with the Gleason jersey because yep. the on-set photos were released, and he was rocking the Gleason jersey. And then the trailer uh-huh. came out, the updated trailer, and all of a sudden it was out of there. Like he was just wearing a black jersey. The Saints uh-huh. logo, the the Fyodor uh, Lee was off of it. Now Gleason's number was off of it. His name was off of it. So I was really happy to watch it be in there. Like in the actual movie, he rocks that Steve yeah. Gleason jersey. And me and Lewis uh, Prejean, my producer from my morning show, were joking about it. They're like, the man wears nothing but the Steve Gleason jersey the entire movie because it actually takes place during a game day. How cool was that that they actually had the the, the detective in New Orleans wear a Steve Gleason jersey and or a Saints jersey? But how much cooler was it that they they went kind of unconventional, right? They they could have went with yeah. a Drew Brees jersey or AK forty one jersey or Michael Thomas jersey. They went with Steve Gleason. What would you think about that, Nader? I, I think it kind of went hand in hand with the movie, you know, in the movie, you know, obviously they're trying to get the people that are making these pills and they're, you know, they're continuing not to give up, not to give up, not to give up. And so I think it correlates with the Steve Gleason jersey being worn because obviously, as we know, Steve Gleason, we know, you know, what he has, the ALS and, you know, him not quitting, you know, since he's had it, he hasn't quit. He's been a fighter. He's been a fighter. He's been a fighter. And so, um, you know, it just kind of core. It kind of went hand in hand with the whole concept of the movie of just not giving up, especially like, you know, he didn't wear it. But like with Jamie Foxx, you know, Jamie Foxx wanted to uh, rescue his daughter because they kidnapped her because she knew how to make the formula for the pills. So he continued to just, you know, try to get to his daughter, get to his daughter and not and, and continue to fight to get her. And so I don't know, just that jersey just correlated with the whole movie, not just him wearing it, but just the whole movie in general. And I, I think it was just pretty cool. You know, and like you said, Ray, a lot of people could have just wore a Drew Brees jersey or Camara or Mike Thomas, but at the same time, it just brought so much um, notoriety to that jersey. And people know who Steve Gleason is, but for those who didn't know who Steve Gleason is, they probably went and researched it or Googled it and really knew why he wore that jersey. All right, let's 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 talk about a little bit about the characters, and we'll get to the set pieces and kind mm-hmm. of give our final thoughts on that. Let's talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love him as an actor. He makes kind of smart choices. A lot of times he doesn't go conventional, right? He, he chooses stuff yep. that's a little off the beaten path, and he's kind of bold that way. And he plays the detective Frank, who's rocking the Steve Gleason jersey in here. Spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't watched Project Power, there's going to be spoilers all up in this podcast, so make sure to uh, <laughs> put press pause right now on the Rap Game podcast because we're about to spoil some things. But he also, the detective, he's from New Orleans. He takes, he also takes some of the uh, power pills 
that give you activate you uh, special abilities for five minutes based on what your DNA is. His, of course, is bulletproof, which was a little bit of a like, yeah, okay, he's the cop and he's the one that's going to have the bulletproof uh, ability. Right. But right. would you make of? I think I, I got the impression that Gordon Levitt tried to give a little bit of an accent there, but didn't go overboard with it. It was very subtle. As a guy who yeah. is from New Orleans, would you make of? Joseph Gordon-Levitt's accent, it was very subtle, wasn't over the top, wasn't flashy. And what did you think of his performance as a detective representing the NOPD? I think it was pretty cool. Um, I, I think that, you know, he said even in the movie, he's like, you know, I, I can't I can't let them do this to my city. You know, I can't let them do this to my city. He kept saying, my city, my city. And so, and like you said, you know, with his accent, it was very subtle. I mean, you didn't. You know, obviously he's not from here, but, you know, you didn't hear him saying, what's up, baby? Hey, baby, how you doing, baby? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I mean, as a detective, man, you know, it was pretty cool. It, it, it was pretty cool to see him just embrace the city. And, and I don't think this is his first movie that he ever shot in New Orleans, if I'm not mistaken. So um, he's kind of accustomed to New Orleans and shooting films in New Orleans. So he kind of knows what's up, but. You know, just to, just for him to keep saying my city, we're not going to let these people do this to my city. Him wearing a Gleason jersey, it, it just it, it all. It, I don't know, man. Just being from New Orleans, I just think it it was pretty cool. All right, Nader, you got to be honest with me though. Would there be yep. any way in hell in real life that a cat like Frank, the detective, would have been able to sneak in somebody's house in the hood? And then come out like half naked and pretend to be um, with uh, the, the lady. Would that would that have flown? Because they played with that a little bit in the scene, right? Where she was like, yeah. "Who the hell are you?" Like she was like, "What what are you doing in here?" And then, and then she the picked cat, up. And then the cat came out after that, and he started sneezing. And he and the and the, and the two guys that were there to you know basically kill the the, the girl's mother. He he, he he sneezing, and they're like. I thought you lived here. And he's like, I do, but I do. And then he didn't know what to say. But, I mean, he pretty much saved their life, so that that was pretty cool. But, yeah, just, just being able to go through the window and then go through the house. And then he takes off all his clothes and acts like he took a shower. That was pretty crazy. That was pretty that crazy. Was pretty and then, he, and then the, funny, the funny part about that scene was where he was like, oh, so you're saying that I can't. Uh, I can't be with this a beautiful black woman. Like when he said that, I started dying laughing. But it was pretty cool. Uh, it, I, but him realistically doing that in real life, that is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Took a little liberty there uh, with that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love the fact that he, you know, that scene that he had with uh, Dominique Fishback, who played Robin, the, the teenage uh, dealer. Uh-huh. Um, I, I kind of liked, I really liked their back and forth and the fact that, you know, he, he was all about protecting his city, but you know, if he needed to get information and need to do stuff a little bit, um, what was I say? Uh, uh, not inside exactly the police officer playbook. I, I liked that part. Let's yeah. talk, let, let's talk about her because she very much yeah. anchors the movie. I found myself watching it. Mm-hmm gravitating more towards her performance than Jamie Foxx. And that's not a knock against Jamie because Jamie's great. No. But, man, Dominique Fishback, once again, uh, for those who haven't seen her work, you know, you really need to kind of yeah. check her out. She's definitely somebody on the rise, someone that you need to kind of pay attention to. Uh, you know, the hate you give, she really kind of blew up in that a couple years back. 
and then you know what she's been able to do on television with the Deuce as a, as a series regular there. What would you make of, of Fishback and her performance? Oh, man, it was awesome. It was awesome, and I kind of agree with you. I think that, you know, she was the anchor of the movie. I think, you know, with her and her mom being sick and then her trying to hustle and, and make money and sell these pills so that way she can, you know, purchase her mom medicine and, you know, and things like that and just take care of her mom because she isn't able to do anything. Um, I think it was pretty cool. And, I, and one thing I liked about her a lot is, like, you know, when she's in school, she went to school, and then, you know, she had, like, this this thing pop in her head where the teachers sees her on her phone. I love and, that and scene where she yeah, imagines was, just freestyling yeah, in front was, of them. I, I love that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And then, you know, the teacher telling her, oh, well, if you freestyle, I'll give you a C in this class because right now you have a D. And then she, you know, she got up and she did this freestyle. And then she, you know, she went off on the teacher and called him the B word after. And and then the whole class got rowdy and, and went crazy. Um, but then she woke back up and then she's like, give me your phone or you're go- or you're going to detention or something like that or the principal's office. And then uh, she's like, nah, I'm, I'm good. And then she just took her book and just walked out and threw her book in the garbage can. So. Um, but she, you know, she definitely was the anchor of the movie. You know, she helped, uh, you know, especially when Jamie Foxx kidnapped her, you know, she was trying to hit him when she was trapped in the, um, in the trunk of his truck. You know, she tried to hit him once he opened the, the trunk up on her, but you know, just, man, she, she really just helped. She really just helped out with everything. You know, she tried to help out. And I think that, you know, she didn't have a father, so that's why she kind of, you know, went to Jamie Foxx. She got close to Jamie Foxx because she didn't really grow up with a father, so she saw him, and then he told her his story of him trying to find his daughter. So I think that kind of went hand-in-hand hand and helped her out kind of, you know, relax and get acquainted with Jamie Foxx and, and be, like, his sidekick. The cool thing about her, and one of the things that I really liked, Ray, was when they were at the Hong Kong market, the Hong Kong Hong Kong market is actually on the West Bank, and I actually live about four minutes away from it. So it was pretty cool just to see the Hong Kong market and them walking into the Hong Kong market and, you know, trying to find the guys that are making these pills. They went, you know, in the back, and then the whole scene just went crazy where, you know, they're shooting at each other and fighting with Jamie Foxx and, you know, uh, Jamie Foxx trying to get the ki- get the guys who make the pill. So it was it was it was uh, it was it was pretty cool, man. But I, I liked her performance. I think she did really really good, really really good. And again, I think she was pretty much number one in the whole movie. I agree. My my only complaint is there's no way that um, Dominique Fishback should even have to remotely be connected to Machine Gun Kelly. I'm just I'm just saying who played yeah. Nick, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. there's the obligatory um I call him a wannabe hip hop artist. But we don't have time to get into my <laughs> into that right now. But he's he's the first cat that you see, the local dealer who then takes his his own product and he yep. essentially turns into the 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 human torch. Um let, let's 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 touch on Jamie real quick. Um, I would have liked to have more background on him. That that was one of the things, like one of my my critiques. I, I can't help myself, Nate, I'm a, a former no, uh, okay. film critic from like twenty years ago. So when I break down things, 
I, I felt like we got more background. We got more umph with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Frank, and Dominique yeah. Fishback's character, Robin, than we did with Art. He's obviously an ex-military special ops badass. Yeah. We got that. And he's mm-hmm. a father. But it was very surface with his character development. It, it felt, you know... If you don't have Jamie in that role, it probably doesn't work. But he has so much charisma, and you want to watch him on screen every time he's on there, that a very kind of surface character with no development, no real backstory, no real depth, he's able to pull it off. I just wish they would have gave Jamie more to kind of sink his teeth in because this cat is a great actor. I don't think they oh, gave yeah, him the opportunity sure. to do that here. Yeah, you're right. And they, his his role was kind of limited. Um, you know, a, a lot of people will say, well, how how can that be when the whole movie is, you know, based around him and he's on the cover and this and that. But, I mean, his role was very, very limited. They didn't really give, like you said, Ray, we knew he was a military badass, but other than that, they didn't really give too much detail on, like, where did he come from, where did he show up from. You know, they just put him in the car with his daughter and them stealing his daughter from him. And that was pretty much it. And then so you had to put it all together. You had the the viewer had to put the pieces to the puzzle together. But you know they didn't give us too much. But again, like you said, Ray, if he didn't, if he wasn't in that movie, I don't think that movie would have worked out the way it did. Obviously, Jamie Foxx, like you said, is a good actor. He brings a lot to the table. He does have a lot of charisma. Um, and I just feel that with him, you know, especially like one of the scenes where. You know, they're all at this meeting, you know, with the pills, like to sell the pills. And then he comes in and then he puts, he beats up the guy who's, you know, entering people in the the secret door. And then he puts on his jacket and then he's like, hey, he walks in and he's like, hey, you know, um, this person isn't on the list. He's telling the bartender. And the next thing you know, he just smashes the bartender's head into this big pizza ice or whatever. And then the bartender's just there standing there just leaking. So it's just, um, it's just, it's really crazy, man. It's really crazy. But Nader, what I wanted I, I to think, see from Jamie, what what I was yeah. hoping for when it when it started to develop, I, when I thought about, I thought about the Equalizer. I thought about how they, you know, with awesome. Denzel, they did such a great job in that movie, and that's just a revenge former military, you know, special ops government badass who you know decides to be a vigilante, a vigilante right? And mm-hmm. but you root for him, and like you. You back him because they give him a little bit of a background and they give him the fact that he lost, you know, his wife and that, you know, he's trying to live a simple life and trying to appease for all the people that he had killed. So I thought they could have done something along those same lines here with Art's character, with the character of Art played by Jamie Foxx. I think it was a misstep. And I think, look, Jamie's great. I, I, I love the scene where he just smiles and, and, and the lady at church is chicken is, you know, you know oh, yeah. be, 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 being flirty with him. And he had some yeah, good scenes funny. with Dominique Fishback as well. They had a very good back and forth. Look, J- Jamie's great, but I, th- I thought that was a misstep. The other thing I thought was a misstep, and look, I liked the movie. There was real no villain. Like, you, you had the cat that they tried to prop up as the villain, uh, played by Rodrigo yeah. Santora. He played Biggie. He was the, the main dealer. But we've come to find out that he's, in fact, not the real guy, right? There, There's the, the, yeah. the doctor um, behind uh, behind him, and then they have some thugs around there. Um, no real, no real, real villain, no depth to the villain there. Uh, what was the purpose? You know, was it just to make money? Was it world domination? I, I, 
I didn't really get anything there, right? There was it was very much kind of just an afterthought once again, just like with arts development, they just did an an afterthought there with the villains, and that's I come back to the Equalizer. I hate to do that, but that the Equalizer had a great villain, like you know he was this you know Russian boogeyman, so to speak, to borrow a line from John Wick, and they 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 could have done something there, like an actual adversary. And they, they they didn't. It was just kind of like, okay, we're going to throw this together, and boom, there you go. Yeah, I think that's uh, you. You you hit it right on the nose. To be honest, I think they just put something together. They knew that you know it was going to be shot in New Orleans. They put Jamie. They put you know they put the other characters together, and they knew that they knew what they were going to do with the whole um, you know the whole Jamie Fox situation. So again, they didn't have they didn't have a main villain. You're right. One thing that a lot of people from New Orleans kind of got upset about and just, you know, head was spinning was that, like, they'll shoot something, like, crossing the Ponce train, you know, or crossing the bridge, and then next thing you know, they're in the West Bank. Or, like, they're going to the West Bank, and then next thing you know, they're downtown New Orleans or, in, you know, Canal Street or something like that. So I just feel like the people that really know what – well, where the places are, they kind of were like, man, why? He just was on the West Bank. Now he's in, you know, on the Slidell Bridge or something like that. And it's like, uh, that doesn't, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, or it's like, oh, he's he's downtown. And then next thing you know, he's on the West Bank. So a lot of people that are from New Orleans kind of saw that. A lot of people started messaging me, too, on Twitter. Like, hey, man, why, why? This thing is driving me crazy. Like, they're telling me. He's downtown on Canal Street, and then next thing you know, he walks up the street, and then he's on the West Bank. I'm Correct. like, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> that that is uh, that that is correct. So let's talk. Let, let's talk a little bit. Um, you know, so some things that the screenwriter chose New Orleans as um, the setting for a reason. Uh, yep. He initially envisioned it being held in in Portland, Oregon. What? What? Timeout? Wow. What? But he ultimately changed what? the backdrop to New Orleans. He said this quote. There's the way that New Orleans was treated during Katrina and really forgotten in that time, and that all felt like it had informed the script, the world around us, why power had been brought to the city in this shadowy organization, thinking that they could really get away with it in New Orleans because of that, end quote. Mm -hmm. So I I, I like that idea. I I get that. And and obviously, Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of represents the city, right, and how we're not going to put up with any more BS, and we're not going to put up with people coming in here trying to, do this to our city. I know that was kind of a a, a big talking point uh, for there. So l- l- let's talk about some of the positives, man. Uh, I love the Steve Gleason jersey. We already talked about that. He actually came and visited yep. the set, by the way. I know you probably already knew that. Yep. He actually visited them on set. The whole scene in Algiers was just absolutely I, – I, the best way I can describe it is just dope. I, I just love the fact that they filmed it on location – they have the guy, yep. Machine Gun Kelly's character, that goes into the Human Torch. That whole segment, the action, the way it was filmed, like you could tell that they spent money on how they filmed it with the aerial shots of the dome or of the bridges or uh, of anywhere. I just loved that whole set piece of the graffiti old apartment complex mm-hmm. there in Algiers early on they, in the movie. And, and Ray, they also they also shot you know they also shot a few other parts in Algiers, like they shot the, the graffiti. They shot where in in old Algiers. They shot where you know the Robin stayed and where she lived yep. with her mom. So she that was in old Algiers. They showed him riding 
they showed her riding the bike, you know, over the loop going towards the, you know, the bridge. Um, so they shot, they shot a few, uh, a lot in Algiers, which was pretty cool. And, you know, old Algiers is pretty quiet, but again, you know, <laughs> you can't go in there. Um, you know, you can't walk in there, you know, hop in, in the window and then act like you're, you were taking a shower and then, <laughs> and then act like you're, you know, the lady's husband. It's like, you can't do that at all. So, but again, man, it was just, it was just really, really positive. It was a positive thing to see, to see, especially since I live on the West Bank. So it was just positive to see again, just the shots he shot in Algiers, the shots that, that were shot at the Hong Kong market here and in Gretna. So it, it just, it was nice, man. It, it really was nice. And, and I, I really liked it for sure. I just, again, I feel the movie was a little weird because of the whole taking the pills and getting stronger. Well, and, it was, it was, it was this Nader, right? It was that movie, uh, limitless that starred Bradley yep, Cooper back yep, in the day where you that's take the, exactly what I said. It was yep, that, yep. it was that. And it met like a comic book movie. And I explained it to my wife. I go, and she goes, well, this is kind of weird. I says, well, if you think of it this way, Think of it like a comic book movie that's just not based on a comic book. I mean, that that's how it felt to yeah. me. It felt like we're going to put our money on the special effects. We're going to put a money on what the pill does. It's kind of science fiction-y. It's kind of weird. And we're going to have these big-time actors. It felt like a comic book movie that wasn't based on a comic book. That's how it felt to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely, right. Yeah. And... So what what were the, some of the things that you like? I mean, obviously it was filmed there. What, let, let, let's talk about the powers itself, man. Let, let, let's do that yep. because it's all about project power, right? And it's about the mm-hmm. power that you get for the five minutes that you that you've taken the pill. What do you think of the powers they put on display? Because I was a little, I thought some of them were dope, and then the other ones I was like, eh. yeah, some of them were all right. You know, just having it to where like you know, if a gunshot you get shot, you know, you're just knocked out for like couple seconds and then you just pop back up um you know i mean i wish i i wish i could i wish i could do that but i mean for me when i was for me i was watching it i was like in my mind right i was like well would i take it you know what if if this was a really a real concept would i take the pill and you know i mean at the end of the day man you know i believe in god i believe whatever's meant to be is meant to be so me personally i probably wouldn't take it but um but you know, other people would. Other people would, and I just feel like with with that pill, it just was weird in the movie because, like you said, it just gave different powers to different people. Right. It was based but, right. The, the way they explained it is, you don't know what your power is going to be. It's just based on your own DNA and how the drug yep. affects. And then we come to find out. Spoiler alert! Once again, come to find out that he <laughs> right. The, the whole thing is that he uh, allowed himself to be tested. And that's how, and he developed that the the whole power and everything like that, and then he got out of that you know quote unquote you know government program, and that his uh-huh. daughter's DNA is essentially what they what they build the pill off of, right? They they create that pill because they kidnapped her and they're taking her DNA and they're creating the pill from that, which was kind of you know kind kind of interesting and everything like that. Yeah. Um, also, but like, I will say this, I will say this too, Ray. Like they had a scene where. You know, he was at Commerce. Commerce is actually, like, right around the corner from my job. So Commerce, for those who don't know, it's like a place, it's like a dining-in place. So they had one of the bad guys at the dining-in place at Commerce. And so they he seen the police walking in, and he ran through the back through the back door. And when he ran through the back door, um, you know, the guy was, the detective was chasing him. 
And next thing you know, the guy pulls out a gun and shoots the detective right in his head. Now, if the detective didn't take that pill um, before walking in there, then he would have been dead. So uh, that was another thing that I wanted to bring up, Ray, is that, you know, just having a commerce restaurant in there and, and, you know, with the pill, like we're talking about, and the powers of the pill, if he didn't take that pill, he would have been dead. So, And then also, too, the, at towards the end where, you know, they were docked at the loading dock and he took the pill and then he seen the security guard you know, and the security guard ended up shooting him in the head, and he, the security guard thought he was dead, and then, boom, next thing you know, he pops back up, he kills the security guard, and then, you know, goes into on, on the boat. So, again, man, the pill was pretty crazy. For me personally, Ray, I don't know if I would have took it. How about you? What, do you, what would you say? Would you oh, have taken man. the pill? I don't, I don't know because I don't want to. But it's, yeah. it's a, that's a great question. You flipped it on me. I'm the one doing the podcast. You my guess. You just flipped it on me. That's what happens when you get the co-host of Sports Overtime on the podcast from New Orleans. So that's a good question. I don't know, Nader. I, I really don't. You know, when I looked at that movie, you know, the guy that, that, that becomes a human torch, a Machine Gun Kelly, I thought that was cool the way it was done, but it was kind of predictable. It's like, oh, yeah, someone's going to be on fire. That makes sense. And then they did the opposite way with 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 uh, the, the the woman who who took it in the display yep. in 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 the bottom of the payday loan place, uh, mm-hmm. and and the and the cop being uh, bulletproof was cool. I did I did make the joke though, like Jamie Foxx's power, which is like electricity or or, or power itself, is kind of like the character he played in Amazing Spider Man too, where he was like Electro. He controlled electricity. He had electric. Yep. So that was kind of that was kind of the 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 same thing there. I found, uh, but look, man, I I enjoyed the movie. Like, so a movie doesn't have to be completely serious. I mean, we could talk about how the fact that it put New Orleans and they spent a lot of money, right? The budget was like around $80 million and they filmed this in like yeah. late December of 2018, yeah, right? So that's yeah, a lot of money that goes to the state. So shout out to that. And the fact that they, you know, featured Lower Ninth Ward and they featured Algiers and they featured, uh, you know, Jazzland and, you know, it, they, they, I love that, and it was a fun movie. It's like two hours where you can just, you know, turn off your brain. You don't really have to think about it. It's a preposterous idea about a magic pill that gives you powers for five minutes. And, by the way, who the hell's wearing, like, Timex watches like they do in this movie? Like, I was like, who's doing that? Ain't nobody got an Apple Watch or nothing like that? But, (laughs) (laughs) right? But it was a fun two hours, just kind of like popcorn flick. It's not great. No one's going to be talking about this movie 25 years yeah, from my wife, now. My wife, my wife didn't really like it. She was like, this is kind of weird. I'm leaving. I'm about to go watch something else. And I'm like, uh, okay. She's like, you just, she's like, you just like it because he's wearing the same jersey. I know you. I'm like, I'm like, oh, the wife oh, put you on okay. blast. Dang, man. Come on, man. I'm like, okay. I mean, you can do what you want. I'm, I'm going to watch it, though. There you uh, go. Let me ask you this, Nader. If they made a sequel, because obviously it's a big hit for, for Netflix. It costs a lot of money, but it's a big hit for Netflix. Would you watch another one with Jamie Foxx, or if they decide to do one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or, you know, what would be the hook for you to have to um, I think I'd watch give a sequel? It a yeah, I think I'd give it a chance, Ray. I mean, especially, at, you know, during these times right now where there's really nothing to do, everybody's bored, um, there's, no re- there's no place to really go, so... I mean, I would give it a chance for sure. I'd give it a chance, especially since I watched the first one. You know, you probably, you want to watch the second one to see what's going to happen. But yeah, I would give it a chance, definitely. All right, definitely. man. We're gonna wrap it up our discussion about Project Power, the Netflix original movie starring Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dominique Fishback. 
I got Nader Murphy here with me on the podcast, on the Rap Game podcast, talking about it. All right, man, some rapid-fire questions, yes or no, if you thought it was good or not, uh, uh, elements about the movie. Church's Chicken being featured. What you think? Yes or no? (laughs) Did you like that? And the the way they played it up with the text messages, like that was the spot. Like you're going to go get your – you're going to get your dope hanging out at the Church's Chicken spot, man. Man, I'm not going to lie to you, Ray. I know exactly where that Church's Chicken was at, and it is – closer to the it's in the ninth ward and it is literally off of france street i i know exactly where that place at that church's chicken is in the hood let's just keep it real <laughs> and so i mean for me i don't i mean for me i don't really go to church's chicken i'm just being honest i mean i'm more of a popeye's type of guy but um but yeah i mean for them to do that it, it was kind of weird did I like it? I mean, it was cool. Yeah, and I just like the part where that lady was like, "Oh, she's know, flirting with Jamie." Like, yeah, oh, yeah. And she was like, "Are you? Are you okay? Are you? Are you? Um, are you fine?" She, uh, no, he, what she said? Are you? Are you? Okay? No, she, she, she said, you, he, "Yeah, he." Yeah, she, she, she asked him okay? if he was okay. He said, yeah, I'm fine. And he goes, yeah. "Yeah, I'm fine." And she goes, "Yeah, you like, right." Yeah, I know you. Yeah, you right. <laughs> That's so New Orleans. <laughs> and so that was so New Orleans. So that was great. So church's chicken, boom. All right, so yep. so we're, we're good there. Would you make of having Wheezy in on the soundtrack in the beginning of the movie? Oh yeah, I'm always torn about Wayne. You and I have not had this discussion because he doesn't rep yeah. New Orleans anymore, and he just doesn't, and he doesn't really care to. And uh-huh. I don't know, man. It, it it stood out to me, and I was like, oh man, maybe if it was still like five, seven years ago, it would make more sense. Um, I don't know. It felt like filmmakers that wanted to set it there and they're like oh who's a famous new orleans rapper oh little wayne and then they got wayne to do it so i don't know man i'm on the fence there with that um for me i mean i'm uh i'm kind of 50 50 i mean i'm i kind of agree with you like you know he since moving to miami for Lil wayne he really hasn't repped new orleans i mean it's always going to be in his blood he's from new orleans he's from holly grove um you know i actually threw a party with Lil wayne um about like six, seven years ago at the House of Blues. So I kind of, you know, I, I grew up listening to Lil Wayne and, and being a big fan of Lil Wayne, and I still am a big fan of Lil Wayne. I just feel like now his music, his CDs that he comes out with, I think they they aren't up to par like how they were when he was a little younger. He'd been hanging uh, out with Drake too much. Yeah, or the mixtape <laughs> Wayne. I, I really, I really like, I really like the mixtape Wayne more than I do the album Wayne like of late. So. Um, but for to have Wayne in the in the movie, have his song in the movie. I mean, I don't I don't think it was I don't think it was bad. I mean, he, there's no changing that he's from New Orleans, you know. So I think it was cool. I I, I don't think it was too too big of a uh, big deal. Yeah, but you're on the fence. You, you you're gonna let it yeah, slide is what you're really saying. There. I am. And, you're gonna you let know, it slide. And, and, I'll tell you, and, and I'll tell you this, Ray. Like I know Brian kind of feels a certain way to him compared to I do. You know, like, you know, obviously we know he's a Packers fan. We're all, you know, he grew up as a Packers fan and his dad was a Packers fan. So obviously, you know, he was, he grew up a Packers fan, especially since in that time, you know, you know, the Saints weren't good and, you know, people were wearing bags on their heads and things like that. So it was kind of hard for, you know, people to root for the Saints because they just, it was just the same, it was the same thing every year. It's like, oh, they're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to go to the playoffs. And then the next thing you know, they're like, you know, winning two games on the season or four games on the season. So, um, I kind of, so I kind of understand that. And you know, one thing that I know a lot of people are upset about with him is that, you know, he goes on these sports talk shows and he's like, oh, well, nobody in New Orleans was a Saints fan growing up because they were sad. 
But it's like, yeah, we were Saints fans. We were rocking the Saints starter jackets. We were, you know, repping them. But, I mean, obviously they were trash. But at the same time, if you can't appreciate something when it's when it's bad, then you then don't appreciate them when they start to become good. So there you um, go. I just feel, yeah, I just feel like a lot of people have you know resentment to, for to him for saying that. But other than that, man, I don't think it was I don't think it was bad to have his music. I still bump his music to this day. Maybe his older music, but um, I, I mean, I still like Little Wayne regardless. All right, man. One more. We we'll get you out of here with this, brother. Yep. So. You're, you're, you're on board for the church's chicken being featured in Project <laughs> Power. You're on the fence about Lil Wayne being there, but you're going to give him a pass. It, 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 yeah, it, I it's, give him a pass. Yeah, you're going to give him a pass. All right, man. They decide to pick a rap artist is the way they're describing it. Ooh. Ooh. And they pick Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, are we, we going to let him off the hook for that? Uh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I can tell you what Brian would say. I can tell you what the enemy would say. You know, good and well, he'd say, "Hell no, they don't get all, get, get let off the hook for that." Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I mean, I, to me, man, I, I was never a big fan of his at all. Like, I mean, I never listened to his music. You know, a lot of people like. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, one of my friends, he owns a restaurant down here. And him and him and Machine Gun Kelly are pretty tight. And so, like, he'll post pictures of, like, him at, at his spot, and I'm just like, okay, I just scroll, and just keep scrolling, you know? It's just, I don't know. He, I don't know, man. I, I just was never a big fan of his. Not that I don't like him or anything like that. I just I just don't think that his music is claimed to be what it is. And Good. I just, I don't it's know. the word I you're looking for, Nader. Good. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> to me, I think his, to me, I think his music sucks, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, there it so, is. That's what I was hoping for. But, I mean, to, to, to to have a to have a white guy to resemble a drug dealer and oh, you know, white drug right dealer person. is played by a white rapper in a movie set. Come on, man! I know, man. They it don't is, get a pass. Uh, they is, don't get a pass for that, Dater. That's what we're no, saying. They don't. They don't get a pass. Okay. No, they definitely don't get a pass on that for sure. Oh man, Nader, man, I appreciate you coming on the Rap Game Podcast, oh, breaking man, down anytime. Project Power. It was a load of fun, brother. And man, anytime you want to talk music. Because you say rap game. If any time you want to talk music, let me know, man. I, I'm definitely into into rap music. Man, so, do you know like hip hop? The, the the longest episode of the rap game podcast is when me and Brian talked about '90s rap. It was like oh, an hour man. and forty five minutes, man. It man, just you went on put me and on, on that one, man. You got to do a part two, man. Put me on that one. <laughs> we'll do, brother. We'll do, Nader, man. I'll holler at you later, man. Appreciate your time. All right, Ray. You have a good day. That's Nader Murphy co-host of the sports overtime out of new orleans appreciate him coming on the native new orleans coming on talking about project power the netflix original movie starring jamie fox joseph gordon levin dominique fishback look i liked it i had problems with it it wasn't great in stretches it's not going to be a legendary flick by any stretch of the imagination but anytime you can put the spotlight on new orleans or the state of louisiana and help maybe put some money into the economy. I'm all about that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. Until next time, y'all be safe out there. Be kind to one another. I'm out. <laughs>